Oh, it's it's two days from now. I'll be thirty two days. Two days. Thirty-six. Yep. Oh man. Old 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 Boba. He's of old Boba. All right. Anyway, so with the dad bod, you know. Two he was... <laughs>Hi, my name's Kevin Scott, the writer of Dooku Jedi Loss and Return to Vader's Castle, and you're listening to Star Wars Highs. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another exciting episode of Star Wars Ties. We are in episode 47, which is super exciting. I was just talking to my co-host Lando Fett about that off the air just a second ago, and I'll bring him in here in just a second. But it is super exciting to be in the new year, 2021, and almost have 50 episodes of Star Wars Ties out there. We are so excited to be discussing the Django Fett open seasons issues with you guys and I could not do this without the Mandalorian co-host that I have. The amazing, the fantastic, the mythologically awesome Lando Fett. So how are you doing, Lando? Hey man, doing good. How about yourself? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, as at least as much as you can be since we're, you know, almost a year fully into a pandemic. But yeah. <laughs> we're doing good. That aside, everybody's great. Everybody, everybody's great. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's good. <laughs> just breathe. Just breathe. But anyway, it's been a little while since we recorded. We uh, we had some time to, to spend with family and all that over the holidays, and mm-hmm. we're still getting things rolling for the new year with this Django Fett Open Seasons series that I think I'm going to call The Great Hunt. Since, I like You know, he's a bounty hunter, but I'm not sure. You know, I like it. So welcome to the Great Hunt series, even though I didn't introduce it in the first one. We'll introduce I... it in the second episode. It's okay. I'm just a simple man trying to make my way in the universe. I'm here for the armor. I don't want your armor. I want my armor. I can bring you in warm. Or I can bring you in cold. He's no good to me, dead. Don't move, Jedi. I'm a simple man making his way through the galaxy. Like my father before me. Oh, Boba, who did so he... I was once a foundling. But Captain Solo in a cargo hold. This is the way. So, anyway, Landon, how you do... Uh, you said you've been doing good, uh... Well, what you've been up to that's uh, Star Wars related? Oh, gosh. Well, since we last spoke, you know, Christmas has come and gone. And it was a good it was a good Christmas Star Wars wise for me. Uh, my loving wife got me the Lego, one of the Lego helmets collection Ooh. for Star Wars. And she got the Boba Fett helmet. Nice. Now, this is the one where you like build the, the helmet on a stand, right? And it makes, you know, like a little model of the helmet on the stand, and it tells, you know, it says Star Wars and whose helmet it is and everything. So <laughs> she got that for me. That was very cool. I've got to, uh, I've got to get that out and start working on it. It's over 760 pieces, I think. So it's going to take a little bit to work on, but that's awesome, though. That oh, was really good. 
kind of freaked out a little bit when I saw it. I'm like, oh my gosh, she's like, I knew you'd like that. I'm like, you knew right. Yes, it, I love it. Yeah. So got uh, awesome. that, and she also got me a copy of the uh, the game for PlayStation Four, uh, Squadron, Star Wars Squadrons, where you're the where you're flying the the ships and dogfights and things, and that's yeah. uh, that's been pretty good. That's about as close to the old X-Wing and TIE Fighter games as you can get kind of on a modern game modern platform. graphics? That's what I was going to ask. I'm like, comparing it to X-Wing and TIE Fighter and X-Wing versus TIE Fighter, those DOS games that were like it, uh, iconic for their time. It has the energy management system that I like, where you can transfer power to the shields, to the mm-hmm. lasers, or to the engine when you're in an X-Wing, and you can just transfer it to the engine and to the uh, lasers when you're in a TIE. That's awesome. That's, so that's is that only on PS4? What other systems is that for? I think it's a PS4. I don't know which Xbox. They've got so many different Xboxes. <laughs> yeah. I'm showing my age here. I'm like, yeah, it's on that, that Xbox, you know. That. The, well, showing your age, I, it, it, there's more than one. I only have the Xbox. So. Well, I know about the, the first Xbox and the 360, and then after that, I'm kind of like, eh. Yeah, I don't have, yeah. I thought about the 360 for a little while, but yeah. Not, not gonna happen. Uh, and they've got it on PC, which I thought would be cool because you can hook up those PC joysticks with the, mm-hmm. the like the authentic flight controls, like in a real fighter jet and everything, and map them out to where they do different things in each uh, vehicle. Now that'd be cool. If I had a PC worth using for that, <laughs> I might consider it. Yeah, that's me too. <laughs> yeah, of course. Like I said, gaming systems for me, the most recent one I have is a Nintendo Wii. So uh, hey, that's okay. Oh, I like it. Don't get me wrong. Oh yeah, I loved it. I just don't play video games enough anymore to, to warrant buying a new system. Ah, that um, that's me. Like I got the PlayStation Four, and I'm like, you know, this is probably my last mm-hmm. new system, just because I don't have time to do this as much anymore. Yeah, I mean, yeah. adult problems, I guess. So oh, you got squadrons, problem. which I'm super jealous about. And whenever this stupid pandemic oh, is over, I'm gonna have to just come over and crash at your house and, and play the game. Yeah. Apparently, Rob's got it too, and like you can team up with people online and play as a as your own squadron. Ah, oh, dude, now I want to buy a PS4 and join you guys. Like, the, I know for the Rebel Alliance, your X-Wing is your dogfighter and all-around assault. You can have a Y-Wing, which is used to take down, like, bigger capital ships mm-hmm, and fleet mm-hmm. ships. You have the A-Wing, which is kind of your scout and kind of your light fighter. And the thing that surprised me on this was they have the U-Wing as a support, and what it does is while everyone's fighting, it can fly in and repair their shields and drop off ammo and still kind of be in the fight. That's awesome. That that brings up something that I'll talk about here in a minute, but awesome. That sounds great. Yeah, so, so this is a hint to my wife. If you're yes. listening, I really want Star Wars Squadrons. Can I have either a new computer that's capable of handling it as a platform or just a PS4 with that game. That's all I want. You know, that's there it. you go. And, you know, maybe my own gaming room to, to do it in so I don't disturb you when you sleep. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a pretty good game. The story on it is... The story on it takes place... The first mission takes place after the Battle of Hoth. Mm-hmm. And you're playing as an Imperial... And your commanding officer defects to the to the alliance because he's had problems with 
the Empire ever since they destroyed Alderaan. He thought it was too brutal, mm-hmm. and he voices it to the commanders on his ship. And you know, they're like, "Well, if you don't like it, you know, you can always join the rebels." And he does. Oh wow! And he takes you with him. And I'm playing the the first part of the story where you're with the rebels. And on mission two, you get a special guest pilot and a special commander, and it's Wedge Antilles. Ooh, way to bring Wedge in. I'm wondering if they're bringing all the stuff about Wedge because of that Rogue Squadron movie that's coming out. That's what I was wondering, too, because he comes in, and it's after, and the main part of the game, like, you defect, and then they station you on an outpost, and then you come back into action, like, after the Battle of Endor where they're doing the mop-up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Interesting. It, it's, a, it's, a fun, it's a fun little game. It's very difficult, like, if you don't, if you go in head first without your teammates, you're going to get blown up. So you kind of have to go in together and then pick a target and take it out and then depend on your teammates to take their targets out too while you're taking your guy out. Awesome. Yeah. So it's very much like the Rogue Squadron games. Yes. And the X-Wing, but the X-Wing and TIE Fighter playing controls and, and mechanics. It so is. Com- combining the, the best part of all of those flight simulator style games. From mm-hmm. the, what, late 90s, early 2000s, was it? Yeah, and That's the awesome. story on it is apparently really cool because you go back and forth from the Rebellion to the Empire at different points throughout the story. Oh, that's cool. So that's you might cool. be flying for the, for the Rebels in one mission, and then the next mission you switch over to your Imperial guy that you're following his story and play as him. And eventually you fight each other, maybe? Fight yourself? I think you, I think you do eventually. I don't... I don't want to give anything away and i don't know but that that would probably what be what happens is you yeah. fight each other that would be cool yeah awesome that's that's really awesome i'm actually really jealous because i have heard a lot of good things about that game and it's you know it's one of those things where i was like well that ship has sailed for me but now it's like ah that would pull me back in so quickly oh it would it's... i would totally do it it's good. It it and Jedi Fallen Order would pull you back in. Mm, I've heard a lot of good things about Fallen Order too. I have. Oh, dang. Can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. Don't do it. It's a trap. Do it. It's a trap. It's a trap. <laughs> it's a trap. <laughs> oh man. Well, uh, anything else, or is that? I mean, that's that's a pretty substantial. That's pretty big. But yeah. I bought myself a birthday present because my birthday's oh, that's right soon. Yeah, that's right. Let's see. Is it next week? All right. No, it's it's two days from now. I'll be two 30, days. Two days. Thirty-six. Yep. Oh man. Old man. Old man. Old man. Old man. Old man. Old, old, man. old boba. He's all of old boba. All right. Anyway, so with the dad bod, you know. I got to looking on Lego's website, you know, when I got the Boba Fett helmet, looking at all their Star Wars, mm-hmm. and they are re-releasing the uh, first X-wing and Tie Fighter sets. Like the real blocky style, mm-hmm. that the first like way back in the nineties that came 1999. out. Nineteen ninety nine. Yep, they're re-releasing them, and the figures look the same. I mean, they're not the yellow figures; they're the peach colored figures. But right, they're re-releasing those, and I got the X wing. I tried to get the Tie Fighter, but they were already sold out of oh, those. Wow. So I got the X wing for a birthday present, and it's supposed to be here either tomorrow or the next day. So by your birthday, that's awesome. By my birthday, so I'll be. You'll be working on a lot of Legos here soon. Boba Fett helmet and a X-Wing fighter. Make sure you take some pictures and share it with the Facebook page. Oh, yeah. Hey, that's a good idea. I didn't think of that. Yeah. I, I want to see them, you know. I mean, at least text them to me, but share, <laughs> share them with the whole community. Let's all get into there it. There we go. We can use it as a promo for the 
episodes whenever I finally decide to edit them and release them. <laughs> mm, yeah. But yeah, other than that, I know that's been a lot. That's that's hey. not all up to Star Wars wise. <laughs> well, that's pretty awesome, and I'm uh, quite a bit jealous of it. Not gonna lie. So it it was not as lucrative of a Star Wars Christmas for me. Not that I didn't enjoy Star Wars gifts or anything like that, but not as substantial. But I think my wife was along the lines of, I gave you the podcasting studio. <laughs> you, you don't need anything else right now. Uh, yeah, okay. I can't really argue too much with that. But I was able to get uh, – I actually had this freak accident happen right you know, around Thanksgiving, maybe a little bit before, where my back windshield just exploded. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, because And a couple of my work friends and, and others have communicated and – Discovered that it might have been like a, a factory recall or whatever that I just never followed through with. Don't know. But anyway, uh, it just exploded. Like there was nothing that happened except it just, you know, I watched the security camera footage and it just exploded, which is pretty funny now. But at the time, it was pretty frustrating. But anyway, of course, I lost all of my bumper stickers that I, or, or window stickers, decals that I had on the back of the car, uh, including my Star Wars ties logo which i had put on there and made myself and, and i've shared with you and, and rob uh mm-hmm. and and uh my western carolina sticker and my university of florida sticker and, and so on so i happened to be shopping university of florida's website for some shirts and stuff that i ended up not buying because they were of course not really in my price range but i found star wars university of florida car decals Oh, cool. So I have a R2-D2 C-3PO University of Florida car decal, and I have a Yoda University of Florida car decal. So I've got two in case my window explodes again. I'm prepared. <laughs> That's cool. I yeah, so, that. Yeah, well, I mean, I just happened to find it. I was like, hey, those look pretty sweet. I'll, I'll order them. I'll take a picture of them and, and share them here later. They're in my bedroom right now, but I'll, I haven't put them on the car yet. had not been warm enough really to do it where I know they'd stick permanently. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to risk it. <laughs> you know? I don't want and then uh, let's see. I got. I had a couple of students that gave me some Star Wars presents, which was awesome. I had a student, uh, one of my saxophone players, that gave me a pair of Darth Vader socks, which I am totally gonna rock. Um, oh, nice! Yeah, they look fantastic. It's just Darth Vader all the way up your leg. It's, it's nice. And then I had another student that gave me the deck of cards, like what you got me. The Star yeah. Wars cards. Mm-hmm. I have opened one deck, so I think I'm going to leave this one sealed. I opened the one you gave me, and I've played them, and they are the artwork on those cards is so awesome. It is, um, and they're smooth are, too. I really yeah, like how smooth they are. They are great cards. They're they're wonderful playing cards. It's a wonderful playing card set. So I highly recommend them, and that I think they've released a Mandalorian set. I've seen those. Um, I've seen ads for those. I've thought about maybe picking a pack up one day yeah me too especially now because i've got another set so it's like hey you know i could i could you know move around and, and mix the cards up a little bit and even make more variety out of the star wars you know but yeah so i, I was super excited with those it was it was an awesome surprise from some from students to get some star wars stuff but it was it was good and then let's see i have done a, quite a few a few star wars things i spent some time over the break watching some of those episodes of the background information of the Mandalorian. And I finally saw the episode where uh, Dave Filoni is talking about Qui-Gon Jinn being a dad and uh, the dad figure, the father figure for Anakin and all that. And I was really compelled by that. And I've really enjoyed those roundtable discussions that they've been doing. 
So I'm, I'm, I'm watching those and, and catching up on them. I have enjoyed a plethora of Star Wars gaming with the Galaxy of Heroes mobile app game. Uh, I play that one pretty much nightly now just to kind of <laughs> putter around before I go to sleep. Uh, and then I actually sat down and I read a book that m- makes me think so much of Squadrons, which makes me really want to recommend it to you. Um, it's by Alexander Freed, and it's called Alphabet Squadron. Huh. And it is a trilogy of books. They just released the second one in the fall of this past year called Shadow Fall, I believe. And it follows this Imperial pilot who defects after Operation Cinder. And when she defects... New Republic Intelligence basically hires her and says, hey, you were a part of this particular fighter squadron in the in the Empire, and it's one of the deadliest fighter squadrons still around. So we want you to help us get rid of it. Cool. And that might earn your stripes back to allowing you to be trusted by the New Republic since you're an Imperial defector. So she's like trying to earn her way back through the book and trying to be – and she basically gets – thrust into being a squadron leader for a hodgepodge squadron of pilots who are all flying different ships. You have one U-wing, one B-wing, one A-wing, one Y-wing, and one X. And they're on Hera Syndulla's flagship. Oh, cool. So Hera, Hera Syndulla makes some several appearances in this, which is also nice. And basically, the name Alphabet Squadron, which you know is a very English name for something in Arabesh, is is kind of coined as a derogatory term because they think it's kind of a waste of everybody's time that the squadron of mismatched starfighters is, is even on the ship. And it's kind of them as a squadron trying to grow and develop and trust each other because each of them have come from different squadrons that have all been kind of whittled down to one remaining fighter. Oh, cool. And that that's pretty much i mean i'm i'm not giving away anything that's maybe not on the dust jacket but <clears throat> that pretty much covers the first book and sets the stage for you know the the remainder of the trilogy and i love that kind of dogfight books like the x-wing rogue squadron books and all that stuff were awesome and this very much reminded me of that except it brought in all of the other dynamics with like different starfighters and you're getting the Imperial Defector side where she's comparing flying an X-Wing to flying a TIE Fighter and stuff like that. So it's it's really cool to kind of see how the story progresses. And there's a lot of character development in it that really sold me. I'm a huge person when I read for, for seeing how a character grows and changes. And the, he did a great job of bringing in the action and bringing in the character development. That sounds pretty sweet. I, I think I'll probably like that. I'm like you. I like the, the dogfighty you know, flight squadron type mm-hmm. stories and books. And it's, I mean, it, I don't, I'm, I want to say it was a slow start, but not really. I mean, you know, usually trilogies, when you know it's going to be a trilogy in advance, it's kind of a slow burn mm-hmm. because you don't want to give everything away. But really, I mean, it's a lengthy first book. It's over 500 pages and it, I moved through it pretty quickly. Like I, I started it right around the beginning of Christmas break and I was done by New Year's. Oh, wow. I mean, it was just, it was that compelling. I didn't want to stop reading it. When I did, it was like Afton was like smacking me. Come on, it's like midnight. Go to sleep. (laughs) I want to know what happens next. Are they going to make it? Go to bed already. Yeah. So it it was a lot of nights like that. So I would highly recommend it. And again, it's it's a new canon book, which is certainly not a bad thing with the the quality material that's coming out. So I'm, I'm... 
I would highly recommend it, especially with what you're telling me about squadrons, because it sounds like it would pair with squadrons really, really well. I bet it would. Yeah, your your guy kind of joins a squadron where he the in the rebel part of the story where he's filling in for a guy who's just been blown up and mm-hmm. he's trying to you know prove himself to everybody else in the squadron. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's very much like this one, except the extra dynamic is that she's in charge of the squadron. So not only is she trying to prove herself, but she's also having to basically relearn how to, like, one of the struggles she deals with is she's trying to run an Imperial squadron with rebels. And she's, it takes her a while to realize, I can't treat them like Imperials, well-trained, expendable people. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to actually treat them like people and rebels as as, as if they were. And, and it's her, part of it is her starting to take on that mindset of I'm no longer an Imperial. I am a rebel, and I have to be one like them and, and stuff like that. So it's – like I said, it's a really compelling story. A lot of character development that really pushes and pulls in the right directions for you. Cool. So I highly recommend that. I'm trying to think. I don't think there's anything else off the top of my head. I did pick up – Guardian of the Wills, which was a young adult fiction that came out as a Rogue One promo, mm-hmm. and it focuses on Chirrut and Bays. So I know Rob has read it, at least I'm pretty sure he has. I finally found it for a decent price at a used bookstore over the break, so I, I nabbed it while I could, and I'll start reading it here soon, but I'm not on it right yet. So, But I did grab it, so that was, that was my latest purchase. Very nice. Yep. Well, Landon... <laughs> you ready to jump to the little Jedi archives and read some Star Wars Jango Fett Open Seasons issue two? Let's do it. All right, let's go. Madam Jocastanu, we would like to explore the Jedi archives. So good to meet you. Let's show you around. There is more knowledge here than anywhere else in the galaxy. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, we are going to be jumping into Star Wars Jango Fett Open Seasons Issue 2. This issue was released in May 2002. Once again, it was published by Dark Horse Comics, and the script was by Hayden Blackman, who I believe did the script for all four issues, by the way. Pencils by Raymond, or Raymon, I can't remember. Uh, Box. Inks was Raul Fernandez. Colors was Brad Anderson, letterer was Digital Chameleon. Cover colors were by Studio F, and it is a an issue that supposedly takes place 36 years before Star Wars Attack of the Clones. So Landon's going to start us off here, and we're going to jump into issue two. All right. So we open up. We've got a nice, big, ominous-looking fortress in the background. Uh, looks like it's made out of thorns. There's some kind of undergrowth that's, you know, kind of in the front there of your uh, of your vision, and then the castle's kind of in the background with some different planets or moons in the skylight above it. And you have ten years before the Battle of Genosis, and your next panel kind of sees a, a well-kept-looking uh, man. Uh, it's a young Dooku walking down a hall with the droid behind him. And I don't know if the droid is really following him. He may just be passing through. But the next panel you see, Dooku's asking a droid, you know, if the prisoner's ready. And he says, yes, Count Dooku. He's finally succumbed to the Bavo Babo 6 injections. Mm-hmm. Good. No 
open the door, and your next scene you see are some little probe droids and some medical droids around a man on a table, and it looks like he's been being tortured if you just kind of look at the way he's kind of angled and everything. He's kind of like, if he was standing on his tiptoes and being pushed forward, except he's suspended on a table, Yeah, that's kind of the angle he's at. Looking at the panel, it reminds me of Empire Strikes Back with Han Solo. Yes, where they put him in the, the thing. He, well, they've got him being tortured, remember, before yep. they – and they're like, he didn't even ask me any questions. They just tortured him. And if you remember, they were like bringing him down onto like a torture table. Yeah. And if you look in the background of the artwork there, there's a, a torture table with lots of prods and pokes sticking out. He just God just looks run down and defeated yeah. too. Just he, his face. He looks awful. <laughs> he looks absolutely terrible. And even the artwork with his like is with his words, like the the drawings, the uh, the lettering, is very like. Ooh. It's very shaky looking. Like you can yeah. kind of sense the the torture in the man. Mm-hmm. You can sense the weakness. Yeah. 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 Poor guy. Yeah. And even Dooku. Even Dooku on the next page kind of has a look of almost concern and sadness. Yeah, you know, I agree. Asking, you know, telling him, you know, I didn't think that you were ever going to talk. And uh, he tells him, you know, the, the prisoner does in the shaky lettering, you know, Mandalorians anticipate everything, even torture. We were trained to endure it, but I can't take anymore. And so, you know, this kind of tells you that this is some pretty heavy-duty torture that this, this man's going through. I'm not calling him a young man, but you can look at the close-up you know, art of him, and he is not young. Mm-hmm. He is no. very much beat up. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Yeah. Yeah, well, obviously, we're, uh, and when you get a little bit further down, he talks about how it was 20 years ago when he was, when he's going to be revealing the information. So it's like, oh, wow, 20 years have passed. And we're still, what, 10 years before the Battle of Geonosis? Yeah, so, I mean. So, yeah, we're right at 30 years here. And, you know, we find out that his name is Silas in the 20-year the flashback panel. Mm-hmm. It says, grab your gear, we're moving out. And, you know, he said, I almost died for Jango Fett. And, you know, he's talking to a, an older Jango Fett. He's probably, what here, would you say, like 18, 19, 20 years old? Mm, yeah, if I was to speculate. I mean, I'd say we're looking at the, a, a, not the phrasing of a young adult where we think of teenagers, but an actual, like, legal adult, but still. Still kind of a kid. Yeah, like a college-age kid. I'd put Jango at college-age here. Yeah, you know, and the guy whose name is Silas, he kind of looks, he kind of reminded me of a tech, maybe on the ship, but I think he's a soldier. Well, if you look really carefully at his hand, he does have a helmet in it. Yep. He's shoving it in a bag or something. Yep. I, I just caught that here a little while ago, and I thought, he's a tech, and then when you said that, I'm like, no, he's got a helmet. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he asks Django, he says, you know, Jaster's finally giving you a squad, and he said, yeah, and he just called the briefing, so fall in and keep your mouth shut. So we can learn that, you know, Django's been with Jaster since the last story, since, you know, some time has passed. Since he became a foundling. Since he became a foundling, and now Jaster is giving Django, you know, his own squad to command for the next operation. Yeah, which shows that Jaster has a lot of trust in Django, which is definitely really cool. It is. And I'll let you take the next one here. Sure. So you've got, in the next page, we've got the actual squadron meeting where Jaster is going through, all right, guys, and he's talking to a an entire group of, I mean, it, it looks like the better part of 100 Mandalorians. I mean, if, if you're, I mean, I'm not sitting there counting heads or anything, but it's There's a substantial number of people. Auditorium full. Yeah, it looks like a TED Talk. <laughs> so, 
so Jaster's just doing this TED talk where he's recruiting a whole bunch of Mandalorians to go take out a mission. You know, no big deal. Uh, but anyway, he basically tells them that you know this is supposed to be an easy mission. We're doing a simple extraction job, and the whole point of this being an easy mission is this Django's first, and we want it to be a success. He tells them who the employer is, which is the Corda Defense Force, and that their target is a, a rookie security squad that, that's been pinned down by local hostiles, um, or hostiles, excuse me. So their goal is to, to get, them, get them out. He is tells them that the recon from Corda suggests that it's only minimal resistance, meaning there's not a lot of fighting that's going to be happening, and even those that are are poorly armed and don't really have a standing army, so it should be a very easy gig. He says that they've uploaded their coordinates into their helmets, which is cool to kind of show what other uses the helmet has. We see a little bit of that in The Mandalorian, and if you ever played the Django Fett Bounty Hunter video game for like Nintendo GameCube, you can kind of see some of the features of the helmet, but it's not something you usually associate with. You don't think about what all the different things the helmet can do. So it's neat that they can, you know, hold the targeting systems and, and communicate with cor- uh, coordinates and stuff like that, almost like Bluetooth. <laughs> so That's pretty- anyway, he says this should be easy. And then Montross, the guy on the left, it, it looks like an older gentleman, uh, obviously much older than Django, uh, is basically divvying up the assignments. So Django's standing on Jaster's right, Montross is standing on his left. And they're just introducing the material to the Mandalorians before they head out. So when we flip the page, you know, they're yelling at each other to get moving. You can tell that all the Mandalorians are in dropships that are basically the Slave One, which is awesome. That's pretty cool. Uh, At least it looks like it from this angle. But when you look at them in the air, they're not. Hmm. See what I mean? Yeah, I I see. I kind of see that now. Yeah, they kind of look like... They look like the loading dock on the Slave yeah. One, but then when That's you actually weird. look at the ship, it, it's not the same. So, uh, but you do it does have similar Mandalorian like uh, it makes the Slave One look more like a Mandalorian ship, whether or not it's the same exact architecture or not. Yeah, the back um, end of it looks exactly like looks it. exactly like it. Yeah. So anyway, Django is you know they're loading up the ships, and Jaster is basically saying to J- to Django, "Make me proud," and Django's like, "Yeah, I got this." And then Montross comes up and puts a little bit of a kind of a Debbie Downer mood in these bottom three panels where he tells Django, you know, sometimes I wonder if he remembers that you're not his actual son and that, you know, when you get emotional attachment, it clouds your judgment. So he's he's worried that Jaster is going to make some sort of a, an inappropriate choice, especially apparently when he decides who his successor is going to be. Mm-hmm. And Montross, I think, is implying that he thinks he should be the one to be the successor. And is is fearful that it's going to be Django. And Django is demonstrating a, a strong loyalty here. He's like, Jaster's going to do whatever's best for the Mandalorians. Uh, not, and the implication is not me. He's going to do what's best for everybody. That's right. But you know, it, it also shows perhaps his youth and uh, naivety um, just a little bit that Montross is perhaps seeing. So we don't know yet. That's. That's all things that you can imply or assume based on that conversation, but you just don't know. So anyway, they they drop all the chips out of a much larger ship, and you know they're like, "All right, keep keep your eyes open, keep your ammo good to go. Everybody comes home." And then they have ion cannon fire coming in, and Django's ship gets hit, and of course an ion cannon knocks all the power off. So the ship's engines and everything fail, and the ship basically goes down and, and crashes, which is you know a really cool scene, and it looks like it's not the only one. There's a couple ships 
on the next page that are uh, making crash landings in and amongst the ones that, that don't crash. So Django's like, hey, what's our status? Deployment zone looks clear. And they're like, all right, guys, we're, we're on the ground. Let's go. And I'll let you take over for the next couple of pages here. All right. So, you know, the, the doors on the drop ship drop down, and you have uh, Django in the back yelling, go, go, go. Mandalorians are running out, you know, uh, out of the drop ship, and a few of them are getting flapped with uh, blaster fire. And, you know, the bottom panel, or I guess kind of the, the background of this, the way the panel is, is there's one big picture and then two smaller pictures of kind of what's going on. Mm-hmm. You have Django yelling, find cover, find cover, because more and more Mandalorians are getting getting mowed down with this uh, blaster fire. I mean, it's very reminiscent of, like, D-Day. Yeah, that's kind of, that, that's what I was thinking, is, you know, the, the doors dropped, and then they just walked into blaster, like a machine gun almost fire. Yeah, I'm just saying. By the way, we turned the page there, and I had an ad, of course. Uh-oh. For the Star Wars trading card game. Did you ever play that? I played was... the digital version of that. It came out a few years ago, but I never played, like, the physical. The physical one, it was kind of like the Pokemon trading card game, but Star Wars characters. That's or ma- cool. Or, or Magic. I mean, similar similar to Magic, too. I actually had a couple decks. It was it was pretty fun. I have no idea what I did with them. Probably gone by now. And then you flip it over again. I'm sorry, we're way off topic. We just got sidetracked. It's all my fault. I apologize. It's okay. But uh, I flip it over, and it's a, it's an ad for all new books based on the blockbuster film Star Wars Attack of the Clones. And a look at the Hasbro action figures. Ooh. Play sets, electronic figures, and toy vehicles all before they are in stores. So it shows you uh, some pretty cool-looking, pretty awesome-looking Anakin Skywalker that I think I actually have still in packaging. You've um, got a collector's item. I don't know how much it was. it's worth now, but I've, <laughs> I kept it in packaging because at the time I wanted to collect it, and I was actually thinking about collecting. So I actually do – I think I have that exact Anakin Skywalker. It's Anakin holding two different lightsabers, a blue one and a green one. Oh, okay. And it apparently has, like, swivel wrist action or whatever from his, his duel with Dooku at the end of Attack of the Clones. Or using the Yeah. Where he loses his hands. <laughs> or ah! hand or whatever. Ah! But anyway. Uh, all right. So, anyway, back to uh, Django Fett open seasons. We flip the page again, and Django or Jaster, I'm not sure which one it is right now. I think it's Django. He's obviously the primary focus. The Cordon said that it would be minimal resistance, and it does not look like minimal resistance. I mean, you've got Mandalorians jetpacking up in the air, shooting back at some pretty substantial ape-looking figures. It looks like Planet of the Apes trying to try, <laughs> trying to take on uh, the Mandalorians. And I mean, it's like I said, it's it's pretty rough. It really does kind of give you that indication of a failed drop zone attempt or something like that from World War Two. Definitely, definitely present. And there's a lot of Mandalorians not making it out alive. Just saying. A lot of them getting hit in the head. It looks like too. Like it seems like every Mandalorian mm-hmm. dying is being hit in the face. Mm-hmm. Well, you do have one there. Let's see. I'm on the next page in the third panel. One, two, three. Yeah. He's got a pretty gaping hole out of his navel. I mean, it looks like his, <laughs> you know, his, somewhere between his belly button and his lower chest just has a hole in it. Ugh. And it's smoking, which is pretty rough. But anyway. and it, Oh, that was, oh the, the panel before it's when he gets hit. There's yeah. a whoomp. <laughs> I'm laughing, that's but it's terrible. Or something. Yeah. So anyway, that's, it's pretty rough looking. But anyway, so obviously they're on the run. Django is is communicating with Jaster going, hey, we're getting cut down out here. Something's wrong. And then they get hiding into a trench. So, I mean, that's where they are. They're 
hiding in a trench, and then uh, it switches over to Jaster here. It's walking down the back of the trench there, and Jaster's, you know, calling for all the units to regroup at Django's coordinates, and then he uh, tells the, the Vertigo squadron, which was the squadron Montrose's. of flyers, yeah, Montross's flyers, you know, to abort their attack run, and, you know, next panel we see Montross kind of flying through the air looking like Superman with a blaster <laughs> rifle. A blaster rifle, yeah. Saying, you know, leave it to Django to find some place to hide. And, you know, Montross defies an order right here, and he tells a negative, you know, we're going to rush the, the point and clear a path. You guys better be coming. You know, Jaster's kind of not really liking this. He goes, you know, there's a lot of movement on that ridge, Montross. You're heading into a, to a hailstorm. He's basically telling him, look, you're going to get mowed down. There's too many guys up there. You know, we made a mistake relying on secondhand recon, and we're aborting the mission. So Jaster has made the call that, you know, they're aborting the mission, but there's just too many casualties and you know, that they weren't prepared for what was going to be going on here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Their recon had, you know, kind of failed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it definitely is is, is pretty devastating. And looking at the artwork here, I mean, it's pretty awesome. I love, like, my mind always goes back to the Planet of the Apes here, but you've got an ape throwing a grenade, Mm -hmm. and then you've got the kaboom of the grenade, and then it looks like, you know, it's like a group of King Kongs, but not quite as big as King Kong. Just got guns and wrist armor and a helmet or two, and, all right, we're going to take over the planet. <laughs> going to beat them all up. And, you know, yeah. even Montross is getting his butt kicked and during uh, all this. The monkey from Rampage. Yeah. Oh, what is it? I can't think of his name, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that one. The game, not the movie. They, kind of, they do kind of look like that monkey. Yeah, they do. Anyway, that's that's where my mind goes. So, <laughs> <laughs> So when you flip the page again, you've got... Well, actually, I forgot. At the at the last panel of the page, you've got the monkeys kind of standing up looking pretty successful. And Montross is pretty much, like, knocked out. Not unconscious, but he's on the ground, like, trying to get up to fight back. And right at the moment when he's about to turn around and probably face his death, there's a thwack, 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 thwack of, of blaster fire from behind him hitting the, the, the apes as Jaster shows up. And uh, and Montrose is like, Jaster, where was the where's the second wave? We could have taken this position. And Jaster's like, I told you, we were pulling out. Now get on your feet and get out of here. And Montrose is like, well, where's Django? And uh, Jaster's like, well, he used your idiotic attack as a diversion. He's going to try to save, out, uh, save the target. Or he's going after the target. And once again, I'm interrupted by a advertisement. So, <laughs> page. All right. On to you. All right, so you've got Jat or not Jaster. Ah, there's too many J's in this one. I Jaster, know. Where's a Mandalorian name like Jeff or Jeff, <laughs> you know? or Landon? Uh, I mean, Landon needs to be a Mandalorian. That's right, Landon the Mandalorian. Uh, uh, it rhymes. That it does. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you kind of see, and for some reason, I'm just going totally off topic. But seeing Django and these, this group of Mandalorians he got with the colors of their visors, it reminds me of Ninja Turtles for some reason. <laughs> oh, oh, dude, there's a yellow-ish, there's red, yellow. there's blue. Yeah, it does. That's pretty cool. They'd have a Ninja Turtle team, but they're in this really densely wooded and muddy area. And, I mean, you can tell, you know, a couple of panels that shows them kind of marching through the woods, and they've got mud caked all over them. And, you know, they reach the, uh, the point where the where the rookie, the security rookies are supposed to be at. And Django kind of looks back and he goes, where are the security rookies? This is the site. And then they yell ambush. And then from the leaves of the woods, you see these 
kind of you don't really see them that well but they've got helmets and blasters they kind of jump up and start firing on Django and his men you, you turn and you know they're firing back and Django yells oh my gosh it's a setup from the death watch and that's when Silas speaks up because he's the one in blue and he goes who and he goes it's before your time Silas ex Mandalorians who split with Jaster years ago so Django's saying that it's the death watch and you know that they they thought they were finished, but I guess they were wrong. And, you know, the next scene before you turn the page is Django yelling, duck. Yeah. And then I'll let you take it from here because this is just a cool <laughs> panel. Oh, it is. So he yells, duck, and you can see that he's messing with something on his wrist. And, of course, it's the classic Mandalorian flamethrower. So he's, like, frying up the Death Watch with a nice whoosh of flame. And he's catching the forest on fire, or it seems like he is. And then he he turns and runs with the few Mandalorians he has left, and he's like he calls on the communicator, uh, Jaster, this is Django. The Death Watch is here. I'm betting they've armed and trained the locals and planted false recon data. It's a trap, and we walked right into it. And they go, is there any sign of Vizsla, who is the enemy from the first issue? So they're running and kind of fighting and grunt working their way out, and it was Django apparently asking if there was any sign of Vizsla. So when you flip the page again, Django goes, never mind, we found him. <laughs> and oh my gosh, talk about an ugly face. Man, he's, I don't even think his mom would love his face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's pretty rough looking. So Jaster is blaming Montross for the fact that his crew is basically getting massacred because he's like, we've already been off this rock by now if you hadn't run into the attack and followed orders. And he's like, you're going to be kicked out of my crew if we survive this. And then Vizsla is like, you're not going to survive this. And he fires, it looks like a rocket launcher. Yeah, it's something. I mean, it's got a big boom. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's pretty much, once again, you know, Montross, or not Montross, but Vizsla has the high ground. And there's really only one or two Mandalorians alive. So it's, oop, there's our timer. It's a pretty rough scene. Yeah. As uh, Vizsla's like claiming that he stole the Mandalorians and then left him to die in Concord Dawn. So he's like, you're not going to get out of here. And then we get a, a really cool scene. I'm going to let you describe this one. So we, uh, you know, you have Bizla telling, you know, that he stole the Mandalorians from him and that you left him to die on Concord Dawn. And, you know, that there's no escape. And he's from this big, almost like, wheeled tank firing these big huge blasters at him and you have jaster reaching up to montross saying montross airlift now and you see montross it kind of zooms in on him he goes you know i'm sorry taking your orders but i'll take good care of the troops and jaster yells montross you know because montross has left him to die and the next uh, scene the very bottom is Jasper trying to get up, and it looks like one of the blasters on the big wheeled tank just, like, went completely through his leg. Yeah, it looks like it, like, blew out his kneecap. Like, there's not even a broken kneecap. It's just, it's it's gone. Oh. At least the image is that way. I mean, it's it's pretty gruesome to look at. Talk about a betrayal. Yeah, and then you go to the next page, and you've got uh, Bizzle saying, you know, I'm finally going to wipe you from Mandalorian history forever. And it kind of goes back to Django in the woods looking, you know, at a, through a clearing at everything that's going on. And he sees just a little tiny, you know, Jaster on his knees looking up at the, the big Massive tank. tank. Yeah. And then the next one, he just, 
like Jasper just gets lit up. Like he gets hit with one, two, three, four, at least four shots from the big cannon, and several of them are going through him. Yeah, and a couple of them are hitting right around him. I mean, it's it's pretty rough. And then you go back and you see kind of the kind of a, a pairing of Princess Leia and Luke Skywalker with Obi Wan Kenobi mm. in the first Star Wars, where it's like, no, you can't die, and he's like running to save him and. Silas grabs him and says, get down. You, you're going to get killed, too, if you're not careful. Yeah, throws him down. Yeah. So the fight, the shooting stops, and Jango runs out and basically picks up Jaster and takes his helmet off, and Jango basically says, I'm sorry, man, I should have had your back. And Jaster is pretty much, you know, like blood coming out of his mouth. He, he looks pretty rough. Uh, actually looks a lot like Silas did in the torture chamber, in all honesty. But you flip the page again, and Montross is, is starting to give orders. Hurry up. Jaster's last order still stands. We're aborting. And one of the other Mandalorians is like, what about Jango? He died trying to save Jaster. Let's get out of here. And the other Mandalorian is like, wait, there he is. And Jango is carrying Jaster's body. And he goes, help me get Jaster off this rock, and then we're going to go find Vizsla. And then we get the the battle, or, or the, the argument between Montross and and Django, and it's not really like a heated argument or anything like that, but it, it definitely shows that you know that animosity was there. Montross is like, "This is your chance to go do it right by Jaster. I should be in command, not you. I'm the more experienced Mandalorian." And Jaster's like, "That's not your call to make. I'd say you're not fit to lead us because you left Jaster to die alone. Let alone that he pretty much deserted him and betrayed him. But of course, they didn't see that necessarily." And then Silas steps up and goes, I'm going to follow Django and nobody else. And pretty much the rest of the Mandalorians kind of stick with that sentiment. They mostly mm-hmm. side with, with Django. So Montross basically disappears. And Django becomes the leader and he became Jaster's legacy. That's the. Now we're back to the montage words of Silas as he's reflecting on all of this. And it definitely sets the stage for all right, Montross disappeared, but he's not dead. So, hmm, what could that mean? Saddling. Yeah, it sets the stage. So the last page allows us to see what there, Landon? We've got we've got Silas still on the torture table, you know, saying, you know, that's the truth, I swear it. And you know, Dooku has just kind of got this little almost amused face in the next panel saying, I believe mm-hmm. you, Silas. The rest of your visit will be painless. And, you know, Silas is saying, I can still tell you about the war with the Jedi. And Dooku's saying, you know, that's not going to be necessary. I witnessed the massacre on a Galadriel personally. And he says, stop his heart. And Silas, you know, the one of the final panels here is he has a tear running down his face. And he says, please don't tell Django. And Dooku the says, you know, conniving I, Dooku. I can't make any promises. Goodbye, Silas. Dum, dum, dum. Then it's next. Seth versus the Jedi. Yeah. Fett versus the Jedi. And then I get another ad for Lego Star Wars. Woo! Can't beat that. Oh, man. Dude, I had this one. It was the Republic gunship from Attack of the Clones. Oh, nice. I always liked those. Oh, it was a sweet Lego. It was. And this is back when the Legos were still yellow. <laughs> or the, the Lego people were still Lego. Oh, your cat is contributing today. Yeah, she's in here talking to the puppies. Well, Landon, let's see. Oh, gosh. What are we going to... What did you think about the issue? I thought it was really good. I liked the uh, the action of it. The, it, it advanced the story. Uh, you didn't see Montross kind of coming out of left field there 
until he started talking to Django about the leadership positions and everything. Mm-hmm. You know, that first story, he was just kind of a side character. And this one, he was kind of more of a, like an like a secondary antagonist, I guess you could say. Yes. Uh, it definitely sets the stage for, for more possible plot development with him as a character, which is definitely yes. cool. And like I said, I remember him being a big character, but really, like I told you off the air, when I think about this series, this issue is the the one I think of. Mm-hmm. So I, I I can I remember that the battle with the Jedi is one of the issues, but I can't remember much beyond that. Like I, we're going to jump into the next two issues, and it's going to be very much me kind of re refreshing myself on them because it's been so long since I've read them. But in let's see, I guess we'll just do Mandalorian helmets of of various colors. What would you what would you rank this issue? Um, I would probably I think what I would rank this one probably a nine out of ten. I mean, it was a good mm-hmm. story. It advances the the story of Jango Fett and how he became to be known as or how he became leader of the Mandalorians. Mm-hmm. And you know, it it had some betrayal. It brought back a, a villain that you thought was dead had been taken care of in the first issue. Yeah. And it kind of it kind of sets up some events. You know, it's like Jango instead of having one rogue Mandalorian to worry about. He's got two now that he's going to have to, you know, be watching over. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Good action. Really good action. Really good, really good artwork on the the battlefield of guys. Oh, this is kind of morbid, but of guys getting blown up. (laughs) (laughs) In my opinion, this is a 10 for me. Yes. Um, Because it's got the action that that keeps you wanting to read, 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 and it's got the momentum that keeps you doing that. But it's also got that possible rift between characters mm-hmm. that's introduced pretty early in the issue and then you get the payoff by the end and you see the betrayal and you see the the rise of Jango Fett as as the new leader of the Mandalorians which is really cool so to me this is like the perfect issue and it's got and like you said the artwork one of the things that I think pairs with the artwork is how much it makes me think of so many other either real events or sci-fi events that you can sit there and go, the artist is showing inspiration from so many different things. Mm-hmm. And it just, he's found a way to blend it so wonderfully with this story. Uh, so it, it is, I, I really highly recommend this issue. Like this is probably, I don't remember the other two and they might be, one of them might be a, a 10 and a half or 11 out of 10, which I don't, I don't even know if that's possible, but to me, this one is, I think, like I said, this is the one I keep thinking of. I keep remembering when I think about these. So this is this is my my, my 10 out of 10 right now So for those reasons. I mean, you get the flamethrower. You get, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's, so. it's a good book. It was good. I'm like you. The action keeps you coming back for it. Mm-hmm. And the artwork just keeps you going back and looking and trying to see all the different things that they've got hidden in. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's impressive. It it truly is. So, readers, listeners, I we would highly recommend Django Fett Open Seasons, and especially issue two so far. So, we'd check it out when you get the chance. All right, fantastic. Who and we weren't too far over our time there. You know, maybe no, about was, ten minutes. So. Surprise, we, we did good. really good. Yeah, we did. Well, let's see here. You know, we're at the beginning of the year. We're a couple days away from birthday for you. So, how do you Ooh. feel about a? Uh, a birthday cake flavored blue milk. I can dig that. In honor of the amazing co-host that you are. Oh, thank you. I, I appreciate that. That'll that'll be just fine. I love 
I love birthday cake ice cream, so I imagine it would taste a lot mm, like that. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Uh, the Zaxby's birthday cake milkshakes? Mm. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking of. So yeah, we'll, awesome. we'll go with that. Yeah. So anyway, happy early birthday, man. I knew it was in January. I couldn't remember what day specifically, so I'm excited. I actually do have a book that I'm going to be sending your way. I'll try to get it in the mail uh, here soon. I've kind of waited until the mail calmed down um, <laughs> after all the hazard they went through in the Christmas season. I didn't feel okay. like I wanted to avoid yeah. them too much. But uh, I do have a, a book for you that I'm going to send your way. So, Oh, cool. Um, yeah. Well, I, in, in all honesty, it's long overdue, so I'm, I'm certainly looking forward to sending it your way when I get the chance. Thank you. So I don't know when it'll be. Uh, hopefully it'll just be a massive surprise. Oh, by the way, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jameson mentioned this like three months ago, you know. But anyway, <laughs> um, the thought is there, right? Yeah, the Thank thought you. is there. <laughs> so, yeah, and as always, this was a lot of fun. Good to talk to you. Yes. Um, so, listeners, uh, if you are wanting to get in touch with us, we highly recommend you to do so. We love your feedback, and actually, oh, we have to do an incoming transmission section. So, if you'll bear with me, we'll do that real fast. Sure. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to jump into incoming transmissions because we do have an email. So, let's go. Yay! Admiral, receiving transmission from Scarrick. Transmission received. Admiral, we have the plans! Yay! Love emails, we love people. Uh, we did, we got an email from Christopher Carlson on the 28th of December. So Christopher, thank you so much for sending this in, and it's a pretty lengthy email, but I'm going to do my best to read through it here. So he says, last call for 2020. Okay, I'm going to try to keep this short and to the point so it don't steal too much airtime, but a lot of Star Wars stuff has happened, but let's keep it to The Mando Show. Like, can we talk about the spoiler that is the name? So at this point, yes, we can talk about the name. Uh, because I'm real happy about it. For one, calling him the child just sounds silly in casual conversations. And calling him Baby Yoda sells him very short to me. I wonder if that was a pun. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> that was uh, funny. <laughs> uh, like, oh, he is just this other guy, but small and, and not a character in his own right. It also helps that Grogu... When said with a Swedish accent, it sounds extra cute and like the name of a dwarf, like Snorri or Grombendal. <laughs> but there's only one thing I can agree with the haters, like Mickey at Moonbase 2 on uh, – like Mickey at Moonbase 2, so I'm guessing that's one of the haters. And that is that Grugo is not the cute, cutest thing ever. For one, we, quote, young people grew up during the 2000s manga and anime bubble – and that hit us with weaponized cuteness, and he gives me a link for a YouTube video that I have not watched, in all fairness, but I'm, I'm sure it is a, a collection of cute manga uh, and anime. Also, if I'm going to be brutally honest, if we just count Star Wars characters, I think BB-8 is cuter. Ooh. Ooh. That, them might be fighting words, Christopher Carlson. That might get <laughs> frawled up. That's okay. Uh, not necessarily with us. I mean, I like BB-8. I think he's cute. I do like um, BB-8 too. I I like Grogu simply because of his personality. I yeah. think he he's got a pretty spunky personality for a kid. But then again, I like the droids spunk too. So you know, yeah, I can I can see it both ways. I I can all right. I can I can feel you, Christopher Carlson. Uh, it's the little thing like the thumbs up lighter and the cute robot nonsense. Yep, that's that's where I was going with my head too. Uh, but I still like Grogu better as a character. As BB-8 will most likely just be a tag along to Poe, Ray and the gang's future adventures, 
while I can see Grogu growing up to have his own solo adventures, which would be super awesome. That would be awesome. Uh, Preferably in a tiny Mandalorian armor saying things like, the way this is. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that would be awesome. Uh, Filoniverse, make that happen. Come on, Favreau and Filoni, make it happen. The way this is. Hmm? Uh, there has to be a fan art of that already, right? I'm sure there is, and if there's not, then please, listeners, somebody, take on the pen and the page and make that happen. Uh, anyway, have a good new year with all the new show stuff they dumped on us all at once. Uh, Christopher Carlson. P.S. It was great to hear Rob again, miss that dude, and friends. Also, the year with almost no Turtle Flakes slash Turtle Talk Radio is the same year that Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles drops dead. Coincidence? think not also this took late way too long to type so uh <laughs> thank you christopher carlson and i agree for those of you that are fans of turtle flakes and uh turtle tales radio and everything that rob does with the turtle side of things it's always good to have him release episodes and we are enjoying it and while you are getting that fix occasionally from him you can also check out the retro junkies podcast which has released a new episode uh, over the christmas break the, the blue marlin no one uh, show. It's horrible. Oh, it's a great show, and it was a great episode. Highly recommend you check it out. Uh, go back, go back. Uh, give, definitely giving plugs to uh, to the two shows that, frankly, started Star Wars ties, even though I don't know if they know it. Y'all's involvement with Retro Junkies and Rob's gung honess with Turtle Flakes kind of inspired me to pursue Star Wars ties. So we're all here for the for the same reason to have fun and talk about Star Wars uh, or or various other fandoms, depending on your mood. <laughs> so thank you so much Christopher Carlson for your email and I hope that this is a timely release of this episode so that it doesn't feel like six months from when you sent the email before you hear about it <laughs> really? but, you sent that email <laughs> yeah remember when you sent that email you know back when you know my hair was still colored not gray or white <laughs> but anyway and with that we're gonna I think close out the episode so thank you again listeners oh no we're not gonna close out the episode Dang it. Uh-huh. Ah, ah, to full do once, and I'm not going to fool you again. Uh, if you want to reach out to us like Christopher Carlson did, we would love to hear feedback from you as well. Our email is starwarstiespodcast at gmail.com. Please send us an email, and if I can, I will bring it into the, the show. And if you want to call us, which I would love for you to do, we have not had a call in quite a while. We would love to see it. I gotta look up my number because it's been so long since I've had to <laughs> I had to do it. But anyway, if you would like to get in contact with us, please call us at 828-331-1873. Once again, 828-331-1873. If you call that number and leave us a voicemail, we will be able to get it and I will be able to audibly put it onto the podcast episode, assuming my technology is working that day, uh, and we'll be able to uh, listen to you in the podcast, which would be awesome since this is, of course, in an audio format. So without further ado, for the final time, <laughs> I think we're going to sign off for the night. Third time's uh, the charm. Third time's the charm. Thank you guys so much for listening and putting up with my ramblings as we were able to you know, catch up for Christmas pickups and things like that, which you know, Landon definitely trumps me with that with the uh, Squadrons video game and the super awesome Boba Fett helmet Lego and the X-Wing Lego, which is going to be really cool. So 
props to that. And then we got to, to dig into one of my favorite comic books from the Star Wars Dark Horse era, which is Jango Fett Open Seasons Issue 2. And then we finally got to do a little bit of uh, listener feedback with Christopher Carlson's email. So thanks so much for sticking along with us. And let's all wish our favorite co-host, Lando Fett, a happy birthday with a birthday cake-flavored blue milk. Here's to you, Landon. Thanks, everybody. Thank you so much. Yay! I need like a like a clap sound app. I don't have that. Sorry. Whatever you need. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, and ladies and gentlemen, with that, we will call it a night. May the force be with you. <laughs> Good night. Christopher Carlson had a, a pretty good email there. Uh, that was good. You know, I liked that. I liked all the baby Yoda talk. Yeah, the, the discussion about whether or not Grogu is cuter than BB-8. That's that's a serious debate right there. Like cuteness factor. How do you rate cuteness? Mm. Ooh, that's going to be rough because you're going to have people on both sides of that argument. Like maybe not maybe open it up to who do you think is the cutest character in Star Wars and why? So we can see if BB-8, Grogu, or somebody else gets thrown into the mix because you never know somebody might be like oh Babu Frick. <laughs> oh Babu Frick. <laughs> I liked Babu Frick. I liked C-3PO going Babu Frick. That's one of my oldest friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of my favorite one-liners from Episode Nine. Not gonna lie. <laughs> Oh, that was good. There we go. I can hear you now. Ah, you can hear me now? I can hear... Oh, no, that doesn't work. I can hear you now that the rain is gone. <laughs> I wish the rain was gone. It's time to rain here. Oh, is it? Oh, we got beautiful clear skies down here. It's clouding up. It's supposed to snow within the next couple of days. We're supposed to get four to six inches. And I think we're supposed to get one to three, which doesn't happen very often down here in the Piedmont. So I'm kind of like, hey, okay. Not that it does me any good because we're virtual learning right now. So whoopty flicking do is just going to be, you know, happy snow day. Still do your work, kids. It's like look out the window at the nice scenery. Okay, get back to work. It's like the Ep Frosty the Snowman, you know, where they're, you know, it's like the day before Christmas or whatever, and they're still in school because that's, you know, okay, and <laughs> they're watching the snowfall, and it's like no big deal, but, you know, teacher's there, all right, we're going to have class, but we're not really going to have class, we're just going to save you from your parents, or save your parents from you. Yeah, exactly, that's, more <laughs> that's the reality of it. Uh, every time I, th I think about COVID, and I know this is not Star Wars related, I think of the Star Trek, The Next Generation, where Captain Picard 
he's telling uh, Will Wheaton's character. He says, you know, he says, you can do everything correctly and still lose. Mm-hmm. That's called life. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's true. I mean, this is how it goes. I, it, it, it's not a winning solution, no matter how you shake it out. I'm with everybody else. We're all very much ready for it to be over. Yes. So, completely off topic, and hopefully a little bit more lighthearted, um, <laughs> I have a question for you. The yeah. Com- not Star Wars related or anything like this. This is just me shooting the breeze. Um, yeah. Have you or your wife ever done the whole like the Facebook Marketplace thing? We've done a few of those. We've not done a, a whole heck of a lot of them. I mean, Afton sell, sells a lot of stuff and buys a little bit of this and that. And, I mean, she gets some really good deals and stuff like that. But, have, you know, when you're participating in them, do you ever feel like you're doing, like, a bad drug deal or something? Hey, we're going to meet at the parking lot of this, you know, big, empty grocery store lot. We're going to we're gonna swap goods and swap cash. Oh, my gosh. I feel like I'm a, yeah, like a cop or a drug deal or something going down every time. <laughs> I remember um, we, bought, we bought Emmeline the first eight Magic School Bus books. And it was a, like a teenager that was selling them, and his mom had to drive him, like a, a preteen. And we we weren't in the. It was actually over in, uh, let's see, Clyde, mm-hmm. outside Clyde. Um, <laughs> so we had a couple of our buddy, our friends who were living in Waynesville at the time go and do it for us, and it, it was it was actually Jeremy Bolduc. He he did a Star Wars ties episode with us. Not yeah, not I'd say not too long ago, but actually it's been a little while. Which brings me to another thing I want to talk about with you before we get started. But anyway, <clears throat> anyway, so he went and he was like, it felt so shady just kind of being there waiting. To, Do you have the books? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have the money? Yeah. Okay, here we go. Let's but, do this yeah. thing. Awesome. Well, we have to get through, you know, another two episodes of breaking down Django Fed open seasons before we do it, but well, the good thing is that'll give us some time to kind of think up our, our game plan a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But we've got mm-hmm. we've got the groundwork kind of yeah. laid for now. Yeah, and I'm like I said, I want to make sure Rob and you are there because we have to have the core three. If I don't have the core three, then <laughs> it, you know the all is lost. All is lost. It's there. You're our only hope. <laughs> Well, anyway, we're going to be reading issue two of Django Fed Open Seasons. Woohoo! I liked this one. This was really good. I think this was probably my favorite. I can't remember issues three and four. This is when I think of the open seasons. This is the issue I think of. Uh, talk about anything Star Wars that's happened since Christmas, especially if you got any Star Wars Christmas pickups. Oh, I had I had lovely Star Wars pickups. My awesome. wife, my wife came through this year, so I'm I'm pretty pleased. Spectacular. <laughs> I think that'll be a wrap up for the night. Call it a night. Call it a night. I think we can call it a night.
Alright, well, you ready to get started? Let's do it. <clears throat> Alright. Let's do it. This is how we do it. We're playing that old people music, as my daughter says now. She's like, oh, you guys are listening to old people music. I'm like, what? This ain't old people music. You hush. Old people music? Am I she calls old? it me music. Oh, well, I guess I could be considered old. I don't know. I, <laughs> I feel it sometimes. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> getting out of bed, I have to kind of sit there on the edge of the bed and just get warmed up before I get up. We started working out like hardcore before Christmas or before the New Year because we didn't want it to be a New Year resolution. We wanted it to be a oh crap, Christmas was like we ate a lot. It's time to actually get moving again. Um, and we used the move as an excuse. You know, we haven't settled yet. You know, blah blah blah. Uh, all right, I weighed myself. I was like, dude, I've never weighed this much in my life. Uh, we have problems. Yeah. So I was like, okay, we're going to get exercising before New Year's. And then we're just going to be like, New Year's resolution is to continue exercising, not to start. That way it feels like we've already set the habit. There you go. That's a good idea. It kind of works. Um, but anyway, so naturally, you know, a couple days in, it's like, oh, man, why did I do this? I can't sit up. I can't move. <laughs> can't get out of course you're eating healthier so it's like oh man my stomach i'm hungry what time is it you know that kind of stuff so it's better oh, yeah. but we'll survive we will survive. We'll make it you'll make it i will i will look better at some point can you forget all the creatures in there and hey darth vader in that black and evil mask did he scare you as much as he scared me here in Fire Wars, my seventh winner up here, Star Wars! <laughs>